0: Listeners, welcome into the sixteenth of January. A bit later than I would like to have done, but there's reason for it. And I'm Louise of the Cakewitch Craft Collective, and this is Louise Jan, where I speak to you every day in January. So today is what they call Blue Monday, and I know some people really dislike this term because it seems to make a little bit of light of mental health problems. But to me, the second Monday of the year can be really quite... Because mm, last Monday, when you're back to work, it's or the, the Monday before that even, it's oh, hello, I haven't seen you in a while kind of crack. And the second week is like, mm, I've got a few weeks yet to go before holidays. <laughs> uh-uh. It's a good way, if, or a good time of year, if you are wanting to change your job or start that resolution today's a really good day to kind of go right that's it tomorrow we're starting again or tonight you could even start your new thing your new venture or whatever it is just go for it because life's too short really and because it's blue monday i was like what am i going to talk about today i know the color blue so i did a little bit of research and I found quite an interesting article, um, mymodernate.com, and I'm not doing it verbatim, but you'll recognise it if you actually read it. So whoever did the research on this, thank you. I'm hoping pointing everybody to you, and um, I'm not infringing on your copyright. But I think it's really interesting. The colour blue has been around for quite a long time, and... It did say in this article that they think that early humans didn't actually see blue; they were more colourblind than we are now, which I think's pretty cool because maybe that means that we're actually going to evolve into being able to see lots more colours. Oh, more dyed of yarn. Oh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? More colours for our yarn. I'm just paused there. Imagine that, Granny Square. That would be cool. Oh, I see it, just before I forget to I've been putting the second coat of paint on my kitchen today, and <laughs> I'm so glad I'm finished. Uh, next stage is tiling, but that won't be for a few days. So hopefully, Louise Jan will be a bit, little bit more back on swing of things for the next foreseeable. Right, so the colour blue. I love the colour blue. It's one of my favourite colours, I have to say. Um, and there are nine official colours according to this article. And we'll start with back in ancient Egypt time. They've got an ancient Egypt or Egyptian blue. And in 2200 BC about then, they they figured out that if they squished up copper with things, they could make blue glass and then they crush that down and combine it with egg whites. And they could use that as a paint or a glaze. Now, I love the fact that they experimented using egg whites. Isn't it funny how they have, well, humans today we take so much for granted, but back then when humans were kind of still trying to figure out things, thought, I mean, humans now are still figuring out stuff, but I was like, we Egyptian, Manny. I can't think of a good Egyptian name. So we Cleopatra. She's working around in her kitchen and she spills some of this blue glaze in her, in her meringues. Oh, there we go. There's a new colour of paint. Perfect. And it actually was quite expensive to do. And it was kind of as expensive as using it with the pharaohs. So Cleopatra probably actually has some. Moving on to ultramarine. In the 6th century, uh, they found this thing called lapis lazuli. And then it got renamed into the Latin ultramarine, which is, or ultramarinus, which is beyond the sea because it was from Afghanistan. And it was used in Buddhist paintings. And again, very, very, very expensive. And think about the blue robes of the Virgin Mary. And people would go bankrupt because they couldn't afford to buy this, but the artist wanted it. So the um, the girl with the pearl earring, the artist there, bankrupted his family because of it. Moving further on, although he didn't actually paint in the 6th century, he, just, he painted a bit later. I'd like to point that out. Moving on to the 8th and 9th century, you had ceramics and jewellery in China, and this was cobalt blue. So think about your Chinese white and blue plates that you see and all them kind of patterns as well which I really, really like, the willow pattern. And in 1802, France made a much cheaper, and it was much cheaper than ultramarine, so then people used to paint with it. And then moving into 1805, a German, Andreas Hoffner made a cobalt and tin oxide, and he called it cerulean. And he kept it quite expensive until 1860 when it became more widely available. And then the artists used it quite a lot. And I would think that at this time of painting, because they've got this new blue colour, things would be a lot more bluer then. Mm. That would be quite interesting to see a timeline of if you were an art historian and you had them all sort of laid out in timeline. I can't think of it too much, actually, in the Kelvin Grove, but they didn't have it in Timeline. They had it in collection of other things. Oh, I'd love to be in the Kelvin Grove right now. It's a lovely place. Moving on to Indigo. And this is from the crop that is worldwide, and it's called Indogotera tinchotora. <coughs> Sorry, I said it really badly. Listeners, I'm sure that you know exactly what it is. It'll be the Latin for it as well. And this is natural indigo from the 16th century. And European catalyze, catalyzed um, started a trade war with Europe, between Europe and America. And although the actual indigo dye then, it was a bit more um, widely available. It was less expensive to make. And all classes used to wear it specifically in UK. And then in the 1880s, there was a synthetic indigo made. And this is what's used to dye your jeans. So if you're wearing your jeans just now, synthetic indigo. Although they are trying to move it back towards a more natural indigo now. And then on to navy blue. Uh, this is darkest indigo and it was adopted by the British Navy in 1748, which is why it's called navy blue. Which, I suppose, I kind of thought, but never actually put two and two together. They used to use it as their uniforms. Moving on, we have Prussian blue. A German, Johann Jacob Diesbach, discovered it when he mixed animal blood and potash. So, if you're using Prussian blood, Prussian blue, (laughs) oops, um, It's not very animal-friendly, but this was used in printmaking and it's actually used in one of my favourite pictures, which is The Great Wave of Kanagawa by Katsushika Hokusai. And I have practiced that three times now and I'm sorry if I've butchered it, Um, it's one of my favourite paintings. And this is also used to make blueprints, that's the ink that they use. So the two newest colors that we've got and this is in the first one is in the last century and this was discovered by a French person Yves Klein and it's called International Klein Blue and it's a matte version of Ultramarine and it was in the late 1940s. And then in 2009 which is extremely recent there was a new shade discovered by some workers in Oregon University, and this was because they heated up something that they were doing in electronics, and it became blue. So this chemical was made and heated up, and it is called YINMN. So or YLNMN. Not easy to see, but it's a bonny colour, bonny blue. And these are all from MyModernNate.com so thank you to the person who organised that. Hope they don't mind me highlighting and pointing you in their direction. Like I said before, colours are really interesting the way that they came about and have evolved and when you look at the history and really kind of as such the etymology of them I know it's not a word but still um, I think that they're extremely interesting. If you're a yarn dyer and you're using indigo um, or you have to be very careful, you have to use a thermometer and a very well ventilated area because it can be a little bit on the fumey side. I've done this a few times now. I did it with textile artists and then I ran a tutorial workshop at my retreat that Ellen and Lisa were at. And it was very messy and very much fun. I think it was. Maybe it was the last one. No, I think we did silk dye scarves with them. I just remember getting really messy with Ellen and Lisa. And it was fun. If you don't want to get messy, then there are some lovely dyers out there who have done the mess for you. One of them being the Border Tart. And she works out of the Borders in Scotland. So... Don't be blue, da 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 I have a lovely, lovely walk this morning in the snow before I started painting, and the sky was so blue. It was just absolutely beautiful. So I've got a lovely photograph on Instagram, and it's for today. So thank you, and keep on crafting.